Today I'm joined by Jason Gregory, the Executive Vice President for Downtown Wichita. We've known each other for a very long time and have a lot to talk about, so let's get to it. But first, I, I wanted to kind of review what you do, and I kind of, I, I could probably, I think I know your your official title, but why don't you give me your official work title right now and what you do there? Yeah, so so I'm the executive vice president for downtown Wichita, and a lot of people are like, what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> and so essentially, I work in economic development, but the organization I work for, it's a nonprofit entity, but we we contract for the city of Wichita to provide the services that we do. And if you can think of it this way, the organization is funded primarily through a property tax mill levy, but it's just the property owners in the downtown district in Wichita that oh. pay that tax. Okay. So it's not a yeah, it's not a, a community wide tax or anything like that. So if you own property in the district and there is a defined area, essentially I work for those property owners and a lot of those, you know, core stakeholders are on my board of directors and so forth. And so that nonprofit employs a, you know, a small staff. And then we're actually under the Greater Wichita Partnership, which is the regional economic development groups. So okay. the group that's attracting and retaining jobs for primarily Wichita and Sedgwick County, but it's really a 10 county region. They work with other communities and counties to do that, essentially that, attract and retain jobs. But yeah, so, I mean... It's hard to sum up in just a you know one sentence thing what what I actually do, but we work on a whole host of different things. But if you could say you know at its simplest form, we get up every day trying to move the downtown district forward. So and that that means wearing a bunch of different hats, but uh, that's kind of what I do every day. So when I walk around, actually, I, when I when I walk around the downtown Wichita area and I see yeah. any kind of construction project going on, my first thought is, is Jason involved in that? The answer is probably yes, in some fashion, yeah. Uh, that's what I was thinking, okay. <laughs> it seems kind of silly to be like, I bet, I bet Jason's working on that somehow. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, actually, the one I had a specific question on is, what, what are they doing south of the library, uh, the new library there? What's the, that big whole area? looks like it's got uh, something big sure. going on there, if you can say what that is. Yeah, so there's a, actually a development group out of Kansas City called EPC. One of the predominant multifamily housing developers up in the Kansas City metropolitan area. So this will be their first project in Wichita. They're actually building a, a mixed-use residential project. So it's it's over 200 units. It's like 204 units, I think. And then it'll have ground floor uh, retail. So I think there'll be 10,000 square oh, feet of retail okay. on the ground floor. And then across, so there's kind of two parcels there. There's the parcel right south of the new library, and that's where that's going. And then across the street, they're actually um, building to the to the east, right? Yes, to the east. Then there'll be there'll be a ninety-five key uh, new hotel um, that gets built. And then, if you remember, so years ago there used to be a railroad bridge that crossed the river there, and so there's kind of this remnant uh, railway corridor that's right there south of that property. Oh, huh. And the city will be converting that to a you know bike walk or a bike and walk pathway slash greenway um, that connects all the way over to Seneca. And then there's future plans that would continue to connect that railway corridor all the way out to the, you know, the bike path that comes clear out to Garden Plain. So, oh, yeah. nice. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So in theory, when they get all those those pieces and segments connected, you, you could ride your bike all the way from, from Garden Plain to, to downtown. So. Nice. And, of course, the river's right by that area, too. So you connect into all right. that. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. And, yeah, I keep uh, asking the city here when they can get that bike trail connected from Cheney to Garden Plain and get it extended one further. But when I last asked, they said that the railroad still uses that length of track for some kind of training. So it's not officially right. defunct yet, technically. Right. But man, you just wish they could find another another segment to use and we could connect that. But Yeah, for sure for our community, that'd be a big end. And I think we just keep trying. The railroad's notoriously difficult to to work with and, and, I, so. and, and, and to be fair i mean if they're it's it's all private property that we wish we yeah, could have exactly. but it, but, it, but it's not that simple and so i kind of get that but uh yep and and they need that they have those grants for those rails to trails things and all that so yep pretty good programs that they have so yeah i didn't realize your position was kind of just I, knew, I guess i knew downtown was in the title but i didn't realize that didn't also 
it wasn't paid for by all of Wichita. So like do other parts of Wichita have your same job title or people with your job for like Northeast Wichita or maybe on a smaller scale or not at all? No, you know, it's unique. And so kind of getting into the the weeds a little bit more. So there's organizations like ours all over the country. I'd say most major metropolitan areas have some sort of a downtown organization. Some are more geared towards economic development, which is what I would say, you know, ours has been for the last 10, 15 years. Others are more of a clean and safe, so to speak. So they provide enhanced beautification, whether that's landscaping or they'll have extra security, things like that. And typically those are more what I would say mature downtowns. You know, really, if you look at Wichita, you know, it it had been on such a state of decline for so many years. It was just, just trying to get development and and or businesses to relocate back to the center of the city so trying to attract and retain different businesses you know in different different ways and then you know my role since i've came on board so i've been there almost nine years now it's been really working with developers and the city and we're particularly involved where they're asking the city for some sort of program or uh, incentive as part of part of the development agreement so we we help them but we also i think we're kind of champions for how things should be built in a downtown in an urban environment versus a suburban uh, context. And so, uh, but no, the state statute, so this is at the state level, they allow for what's called a SMID and it's the acronym is a self-supporting municipal improvement district. Hmm. But the, the catch is that it has to just be in what's considered the central business district of your community. Oh. So you couldn't, you couldn't go create a SMID somewhere else. What it allows us to do is we capture our revenue. It's on a a property tax basis. So you may have read actually in the paper recently, the Douglas Design District is they're working on a potential business improvement district. And that's a lot of times what these even downtown organizations are called. So the business improvement district would work similarly to what we do, but its capture is it's a fee based and instead of an actual property tax that's levied. So it's a little bit different. And so there's a lot of them are structured based on what the, the stakeholders wanted or, you know, what they wanted to do. It's, I mean, in some cases, it's similar to like a homeowners association right. where everybody's paying into something and there's some sort of uh, oversight and management organization. Ours was really created in the front. It was in recognizing that we had to turn the downtown ship around so the organization has actually been in place since like 2001. And so if you, I mean, if you remember kind of Wichita's history, and it's not unlike other cities, particularly Midwest cities, you know, everybody came downtown turn of the century for shopping, retail, you know, everybody talks about Macy's and the department stores and things that were down there. And, turn, turn of the 20th century. <laughs> right, right. And, and then, you know, in the 60s, when Town East and Town West were built in the 70s, you saw a lot of that retail leave downtown right. for the suburbs. And so so as you lost some of that, then you kind of saw a slow decline through the 80s. And then really rock bottom was in the 90s, where a lot of our major employers, even you had Commerce Bank and Fulston Seafkin Law Firm, you had some, you know, a bunch of the oil businesses that used to be all downtown left, particularly Northeast Wichita, where we, we've seen in the last 20 years, you know, most of the commercial office development and so it was that slow decline that the people who were left or the businesses and property owners that were left decided to create this organization that I work for. So, yeah, it's fun. Never a dull moment. And uh, every day is different. So, <laughs> And it's interesting how it times out from, from, from our perspective. So, so we both went to college in Wichita. You had friends, uh-huh. me at Wichita State. And I remember, and I, I guess I, I, mean, I didn't really go out much, but I just remember thinking like right. Wichita wasn't that cool of a city. And we're like just over the last few years here and i've started like trying to explore wichita more with like kind of a tourist mindset and realize how cool downtown is my first thought was like man why didn't i realize how cool it was 20 years ago and you're and basically it's like well no it wasn't it it, no it really wasn't i don't (laughs) yeah yeah it's it's come a long way really in the last 10 or 15 years and i mean there were some you know the bright spot you know going back to earlier mid 90s really was beginnings of old town yeah there was some stuff but it was not a lot yeah right exactly you just didn't have a, a critical mass that you're starting to get now and the biggest thing is we had a glut of basically a vacant completely vacant office right, buildings yeah and now we're 
either through adaptive reuse, you know, converting former office buildings into residential properties, which is what most of them have been converted into. And now we're having, you know, we're actually building new class A for the first time in 30 plus years. And so that's, that's significant when you start doing that. Right. Instead of being like an abandoned area, it's now being revitalized. And again, you're seeing it all over the country, like you mentioned. Yeah. And having people live downtown, you know, we've built over to almost 1300 residential units in the last 10 years down there. And so that, that's a big deal when you can start adding people living because instead of seeing no one, you know, walking during the day, you start right. to see people running or you'll see people walking their dog and, you know, you actually see children and it's like it adds a different the perception is that, you know, it's safe when you see that type of activity. Yeah, and it's, and it's interesting too, if you look at the larger scale, you think of like going back thousands of years with human civilization, it's like, okay, well, everybody went from the farms, went and started making the cities, and then yeah. they left the cities to go back to the suburbs, and now they're coming back from the suburbs to go back down to the yep. city. And it's just, it's just interesting to see that evolution. I would love to have an entire podcast <laughs> on that, so... <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, we'll we'll put we'll put a pin in that then for, put a pin for in now. That, yeah. yeah, we'll ne- we'll never get to Italy, I promise. <laughs> so yes, let's let's do go there next. So you and your wife recently went to Italy, which mm-hmm. I actually remember talking to you about Italy about twenty years ago when you went yep. with Friends University. And so was this just your second time back, and was it Angie's first time, and how'd that trip come about? Yes, uh, so this was Angie's first time, and. I think she had been jealous because I had been there before. <laughs> no, I actually, I went, you're right, when I was in the Singing Quakers at Friends, it was one of the summer trips that we went on. And so I think we were over there almost, it was like 18 days. It oh, was wow. A, it, was, it was awesome. And so we, as part of that tour, we were in Italy, primarily in Italy. So all the major, the major cities, destinations in Italy and then Austria and Germany. Okay. So yeah, so I had seen Rome and Florence and Venice and you know I we'd spent significant amount of time there when I was in college, but obviously I got a little bit of a different perspective now that I'm 20 some years <laughs> older. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, it's no, and so Angie and I had been saying for probably at least 10 years that that's where we wanted to go for a major anniversary and so we okay. we started saving for that and we said, "Hey, on our 20th we're gonna we're just gonna do it and we know it's it's tough with the kids and everything but it's one of those things yeah we wanted to see and so you got to prioritize those kinds of things yeah yeah absolutely and then you know for us it was really hard because you know when you start talking about italy there's (laughs) you could spend (laughs) right just right literally months seeing it all and so we we knew we only had limited time we were only gone 11 days and so it was like we knew we couldn't see it all. So, you know, we tried to say, okay, what's the most important? What do we really want to see? And so that's how we kind of set out planning it, knowing that if we took a train every day and had to go from city to city, that we would waste half a day or sometimes True. more. Almost better to go traveling. deeper yeah. in a few areas than trying to hit every area. Yeah, Right. And that's what we said. Let's find a, a spot that we can do day excursions. Okay. Really, what is it that we want to see? So what did you see? <laughs> so, well, Angie, and I don't know where we saw Amalfi Coast. That was part of Italy that I never saw when I went in college. So we, we obviously, we flew into Rome. And when we set about our itinerary, you know, we actually used a travel agent. Okay. There's a group in Chicago that we used, and it's called Olive Tree Escape. So they specialize in Italian vacations. Okay. And, I mean, we used a local travel agent, but they worked through the Chicago agency and they had so many more suggestions and just a lot more connections and things. And so okay. when we flew, so we flew into Rome and we took the train to Naples. So we didn't really see any of Rome after we, you know, we got first, there. Yeah. We, we were going to end our vacation in Rome. Okay. So we rode the train to Naples and that was relatively easy. One of the things I would tell anybody that's going over there, it's like, their public transportation is outstanding. So oh, you can right. Almost, you can get anywhere you need to go. <laughs> I wish I wish I spoke another language. Oh, right. But uh, fortunately for us, Americans, almost the rest of the world does speak English. I know, so I feel guilty, new, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so, so it, it wasn't difficult to really get around because most people you could communicate with. So we rode to train to Naples, and then we had a, a driver car picked us up. 
And so we stayed basically in two towns along the Amalfi Coast. So one, we, we stayed for, let's see, three or four nights. We stayed in Positano, and then we stayed also in Amalfi. And then from each of those, then we, we kind of took our excursions and or stayed in those areas for the duration of the trip before okay. we went back home and spent some time in Rome. Okay. I hadn't heard that name of that coast. Amalfi? Is that is that how, how do you say yeah. that? Yeah. So okay. Amalfi. So it's really, there. there's three major towns along the Amalfi coast. And uh, the first place we stayed was Positano. And if you ask Angie, she'll probably tell you it's one of the most beautiful places that we've ever seen. Oh, I mean, nice. not that I've seen the entire world. Yeah, anything, you know, but, but still, but still, you know, if you live 40 years and you can say that about a place, that's special. Yeah, it's unbelievable. I mean, the Mediterranean landscape is just, I mean, it's there's nothing like it here. Um, and so it, it was really neat to see. And so I think one of the coolest things about it was... So, so this whole entire coast is a UNESCO historic site. Oh yeah, so, the World Heritage sites. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's one of the World Heritage sites, meaning you know it's it's like a it's preserved like a time capsule. So there's there's literally they don't allow any new construction, and so you've got a lot of these structures that are hundreds and hundreds of years old, and you know just the way that they built cities. You know, we you started off talking about downtown Wichita, and you know you think of the American city and you know the landscape. And you go to Europe where it's it's so much older and particularly an area like this. That oh, is, right. You know, and, and so, you know, the first day we just, you know, it's jet lag. So you're just recovering. But Positano, it, it was probably our favorite of all the, the locations that we went. You know, you're right on the Mediterranean beach. But the entire town, Rich, is built on a hillside. So and there's one road basically coming in and one road coming out. So if you can imagine a mountain hmm. cliff, so to speak, they cram all modes of transportation on a, a single road in. So I'm talking tour buses to taxis to people walking to people riding mopeds way too fast. Uh. Everything is on a one-way road. And then going back the other way up above is the second road, you know, going out. And so huh. everything convenes to a central spine and at the the terminus of that spine is you know the piazza and it's the beachhead and you know that's of course where the church and every one of these towns just like every city in Italy is centered around a main piazza or plaza and Angie and I were joking by the end oh there's another historic you know 600 year old church <laughs> but but it's true or, and that's the thing about Europe yeah yeah I mean you you see this and it's just it's just amazing and. You know, they didn't build anything for the car. So it was, right. you know, at, at this time, you know, when, when these cities were built, everything was transported probably by horse or donkey up and down cliffs, you know. Right. So that made sense a thousand years ago. <laughs> yeah. And, and so you either walked or, you know, that was really the only way you reached most of these places. So that imagine a city that's built on a cliff. Well, of course, there's stairs. And <laughs> right. <laughs> it's a good thing that Angie and I are in halfway. Well, she, she's in really good shape. But I mean, I'm telling you, we we walked miles and miles right. every day and climbed hundreds, if not thousands of stairs a day. And we wonder why they don't have our obesity problem. Exactly. They can eat whatever. It's no wonder they can eat all the pasta. <laughs> yeah, carbs, right, right. They don't have an issue with carbs in Italy. No. <laughs> no. They, they they really really don't have to worry about that. But so Positano, I mean, it's what I would say it's so historically it was a fisherman town. They didn't even have a major port there and there still isn't like a big dock for hmm. ships. When the, the tourists and everybody come, they have to dock out in the out in the water and then get either shuttled in or they'll bring uh, these smaller boats so they can access it. Which is different than Amalfi. So Amalfi was the major port. It was a major port. I want to say in the 16, 1700s, it was a, or maybe even far back, further back than that. I probably don't have my history stuff right. But it was a huge port for the entire Mediterranean. Okay. And so, uh, you know, the, the remnants of that are still in that city. So, yeah, we stayed there and it's what you would expect. It's probably the best you know, Italian food, you, you can imagine <laughs> at every single cafe and oh, restaurant yeah. that they have a lot of high end clothing shops and things like that. They're really known for handmade leather sandals. Oh, right. OK. And then the entire Amalfi Coast. So, you know, you have like northern Italy and then the Tuscan region. And all, all these are kind of known for different things. Well, this this area of the country 
is known for lemons. And so oh, really? everything is lemon. <laughs> I mean, you can get lemon clothes to lemon. I mean, yeah, they, they sell lemon liquor to lemon spices and it, it all the dishes and pottery and stuff have a lemon theme to them. So that's just one of the things that this area of Italy is known for. Huh. Did you go down to like Pompeii and stuff from there? Yeah. So so the first day, I'm trying to remember the, the itinerary. So the first day we just you know kind of got our bearings and then we went, uh, we took a cooking class at one of the, the <sighs> nice. famous restaurants there. So we got to make our own Italian cuisine and then enjoy that. Um, but then the the next day, and so the way that we kind of built our itinerary was that we kind of had a relaxing day, and then we called it like our adventure day. So you're not hiking every single day, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So you kind of get the lay of the land, and you can do some shopping or just relax, and then the next day you're on an excursion or something. And so yes, from there we took a, a day tour over to Pompeii. Okay. And Rich, I mean, that's always fascinated me, but I can't imagine being there. Yeah. Oh, you, I mean, it's, it's just like a time capsule. I mean, so you've been to Rome, right? Literally. Yeah. I've been to Rome. Yeah. You've seen, you know, the forum and all of that. Right. You can kind of, kind of imagine what Roman life was like. Whereas Pompeii, it's like so much more preserved. Right. Oh, wow. The original roads, the original buildings, like they, I mean, this isn't like. Some of the original people. (laughs) Yeah. Some of the original people (laughs) that were incinerated in the, you know, the heat of the. Of the volcano and all the artifacts, you know, they've they've preserved and kept and you can see it all. Huh. And then they're slowly they're making more and more improvements and they're you know, they are re reconstructing parts of it that have been destroyed or looted over time. But imagine, I mean it was buried for centuries. And so so it is the best preserved, you know, Roman city, you know, from Roman right. times. And I mean the the city actually dates to when the Colosseum was built. I mean, that's when, when it was destroyed is basically when okay. it's almost on the same timeline. Which is about the second century? Yeah, it's like 70, late 70s AD okay. is okay. when, when this First happened. Okay. I, I apologize, I don't have all these dates in front of me. But but just the, I think that when you see a, something like that, it just makes you realize just, because I think people think 2,000 years ago how uneducated or how undeveloped these civilizations were, but my God, I mean, they had, they had a stormwater system rich that's better than ours. Right. No, that's fascinating how medieval Europe basically saw it as they, they, medieval Europe knew they were a step back from the ancient Romans. They knew they couldn't do what this previous greater civilization had done. And we can't even imagine that. It's unbelievable. And the way they constructed their houses, it's just interesting to see how they delivered, you know, what I would call public infrastructure resources to to the masses. Of course, there was the hierarchy, right? I mean, no, there was right. the no, nobility and then the, the peasants and the, 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 you know, the middle class and how, how that all existed. But, I mean, they had the theater and the, right. all of the stuff that they had. I mean, of course, they didn't have technology like we have it, but their daily lives were interesting i mean and and it just really it was just fascinating to see that and the level of art and culture that were in just a common person's home i mean they have these frescoes and they had this detailed all the details of the flooring were all preserved so you could see what that was like and this would have been a you know a middle class person right there's this detachment that I think we put on the past when it's like, no, the people were the same. And yeah, like you said, the technology exactly. was different. But it's like the Romans didn't have they didn't choose not to have smartphones. If they would have had the technology, they would have totally been on them just as much and doing their Instagram from their you know villas as the volcano was <laughs> erupting. Right. Like it's it was the people were basically the same. Just the context yep. was kind of different. And yeah, I, I think that's a big thing you kind of get when you study this history. Yes. For sure. So we did that, and the only thing the only thing bad about that day it was just like we melted. It was so hot. Oh and right. It was it was really hot. I would advise going there a different time of the year. But <laughs> you know that the ruins of Pompeii get almost thirty thousand people visit that place a day. A day. Yes. Oh, wow. It is one of the most um, visited places in. Huh. Oh well, I don't know if it's all of Europe, but it, for sure all of Italy. Well, you, I mean, those with those numbers, I mean, that's got to be up there. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was incredible. Huh. I mean, so yeah, and there were a lot of people, but it's it's a big. I mean. It's all preserved, so you know you've got an area to spread out. I mean, it wasn't just one little little area. It's probably three, four times the size of the Roman Forum area. Oh wow! Okay, so it's it's large. Yes, it's a large area. 
so yeah, so we we did that, and then the next day, so I talked about our adventure, and probably the coolest thing that we did was this hike called the Path of the Gods. If you look up Path of the Gods, Google, just do a Google search and then on click <laughs> on Im, click on click on images. It's literally one of the most incredible hikes views that you can ever imagine. So there's a reason. Okay. I mean, it's literally a thousand year old path that oh. overlooks the Mediterranean and the whole Amalfi Coast area. So we knew we wanted to do that. Originally, our itinerary was going to take us. We were supposed to get a driver and go basically to the the other end of it, and then we were going to hike it back Positano. So at the beginning and end of each from Positano, so the trails technically start up in a, and they, they call it a hamlet, but it's basically a, you know, just a small village way up on the mountain, a town called Nochel. And so to get to Nochel, though, Rich, and we didn't really realize this when we decided to defer and not take the driver over there uh, is 1,700 steps, <laughs> as in 1,700 steps, <laughs> to get to the start of the trail. Oh, so, wow. So you walk about a mile outside of town, which, you know, we'd been walking all over anyway, and we had our hiking shoes, and we were, we were ready. You know, we had our backpacks and water. I mean, we were ready for a, day's, a day of hiking, so it wasn't like we weren't prepared, but let me tell you, after 1,700 steps, you are already spent. Right. <laughs> and then you're starting your hike. And we didn't realize <laughs> it either. We thought it was up and then down, like, because you kind of go over, there's kind of a, you know, it's a coastal mountain range. So you're going up and down over, you know, over the, the high points and then back down kind of into the valley. Well, we didn't really research it probably as much as we should have. Well, it's actually up the whole oh. way. Yeah, so it it would be down coming home, but it's after we took all the stairs, <laughs> then it was up all the way, and we were like, oh my gosh. So anyway, we took our time and we we went over, but it was hot, and I mean we were spent by the time we got. Was this like an all day hike then, basically? So you know the stairs took an hour, right? It was literally an hour, a little more of just walking. <laughs> I'm, I'm cramping just thinking about that. <laughs> so an hour of stairs, and then. I think it was about two and a half, three hours over. And then what our intention was to get a bite to eat or whatever. And then there was a bus. We knew we'd catch the bus and ride it back to Positano. Well, what we didn't know was the bus up there doesn't really run, run, run on a great exact route. And so we were talking to some of the retailers and they're, you know, because we couldn't read it because it was all in Italian. Oh, right. Here is a place where nobody spoke English. Yeah, the farther away you get from the city, <laughs> the further for you, sure. Yeah, yeah, the further you got from, you know, the touristy areas, which this mountain town was definitely not. So nobody spoke English. So we were trying to figure out when the next bus was coming and... And so we were in talking and they were like, oh, yeah, I think it's the last bus has already come. And this was like, at, you know, two o'clock after we'd had lunch uh -huh. and done everything. And we're like, oh, man. So I guess I guess we'll just walk it back to Nochelle. And then we were like, I think you can there's a shuttle from Nochelle. We can take that down. So long story short, we walked it all the way back and. We weren't stopping for pictures now. We <laughs> no, like, right. We it's like, we're, we're just done. Yeah. We took all the pictures coming, you know, <laughs> over. We're just going to make it and try to get back. And then we got to Nochelle and they were like, shuttle's not running anymore. Ugh. And we're, we're staring at the 1700 steps <sighs> that we now have to walk back down. Which is not as and, easy as it sounds because it, it, it can almost, it's, it's so jarring just to like every step you're going down. Like it actually puts a lot of force on your legs. You can, you can hurt from that. I almost think that it's worse walking down than it was. Yeah, no, up. exactly, exactly. It, it hurts in a different way. You're not going to hurt yourself going up. It's just going to burn. You could hurt yourself yeah. going down. Yeah, your knees are just your knees just. Uh. So anyway, we finally got down. It was, I mean, it was five o'clock by the time we got to the bottom of those stairs, and that was the longest mile walk back into town. <laughs> and we had to have just looked like we'd had the hell beat out of us right. and drug through. Yeah, so. Uh. But we, so we got back to our hotel and we're like, okay, we're eating at the closest restaurant to our hotel because <laughs> we are not walking anymore today. So, you know, I have a, a Apple watch and oh, that no. day I, I logged, uh, I think it was 19 and a half miles on the Apple wow. watch. So, so yeah, it was a lot of steps, so. but no, so, but if you go, if somebody goes, you have to do that. I mean, it's, you don't necessarily have to do the 
the stairs and such and go both directions like we did. Right. You have to do it. See the hike at least. Yeah. What what it reminds me of is what we did is I went in 2010 with Casey and one of his friends and it's, uh, they call it Cinque Terre. It's on the other side, kind of more towards the France side of Italy Uh and along the coast there. Like it's Cinque is in five. So it's like the five villages or five lands. And so it's a, it's a hike that looks very similar to the, the path of the gods there, but it's these five tiny villages that are about, oh, I forget if it was like five to nine miles apart. And you kind of hike from one to the other along a path similar to that. But then you also have these uh, bright colored houses along the coast there. You probably, you may have actually seen pictures of this at some point. Where yeah. You kind of see all the houses colored. So that was kind of neat too. Where we kind of hiked one way and then took a boat through the, you know, on the Mediterranean back to the first village. And But it, it, it definitely reminds me of this Path of the Gods hike as far yeah. as just that kind of Mediterranean countryside like you mentioned. Yes. And, you know, there's lemon and vineyards <laughs> yeah the vineyards it's yeah. all along the way and <laughs> there are these farmers that literally have donkeys bringing stuff you know up the trail because that's the only way to get right merchandise of any kind up and down the wow. hillside so, if it works it works yeah for sure so so yeah so then then we moved to amalfi you know we were i think we were there three nights in positano and then we we moved to amalfi and again every town well i should say it so we when we came back from um, I should mention the the mountain town. So there's the three cities that are the prominent destinations on the Amalfi Coast are Ravello, Amalfi, and Positano. So we we didn't stay in Ravello. It's the town that's not on the beach. So okay. it's it's tucked it's tucked up in the mountain. And we came back. So we went to Pompeii, and then on our way back to Amalfi, where we were going to stay, we stopped in Ravello for that whole late afternoon and evening. And it's where they have the gardens and it's fantastic too. A lot of shopping, incredible restaurants, but you have these panoramic vistas because you're way up high. Oh, so right. You can, you can see much further and you, you know, kind of see the valleys and you can see the, the sea beyond. But yeah, it was, a, it was a different feel. And each, each city kind of had a different feel and flavor. Amalfi, like I mentioned, it was, it was historically the port city. So a lot of the, you know, you go to the Mediterranean, you see these, fancy yachts and boats and that's where a lot of them will dock is in, in Amalfi and really nice hotels. It was interesting too the the architecture and I assume because it was historically a port city there was Arab influences, you know, you had a broke right. the main church had broke influences from, you know, the Byzantine hmm. empire and so none of the other cities did, but you know that this would have been a trading post back in 500 to 1,000 years ago, whatever. Yeah, yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so so that was interesting. that it, it looked and felt a little bit different, but a lot of the same things, too. I mean, it was a medieval city, so it wasn't built with cars in mind. And we joke, and I've got some video that I didn't even share on Facebook, but you, I mentioned like all of them kind of have this main spine to them. And the main spine in Amalfi, I mean, it, Richie, I'm telling you, it's like 12 feet wide. Right? <laughs> and, and they yeah. have cars, taxis. Everybody's, I mean, there's hundreds of people walking and you've got to make way for this traffic going both directions. Of course, no one's driving, no one's driving an American pickup truck. (laughs) No, but yeah, they're all tiny, tiny cars, but it's just it's just fascinating yeah I just mean, how that's just life and that's they just deal with it whereas like we'd we get so upset and be wanting new city oh, audience ordinances yeah. and stuff and it's like well no that's not how it works over here they just coexist yeah right? I, I, I just I, I can't tell you how much more go C'est la vie. Yeah, yeah yeah they just go with the flow and i mean i was like this they could never do this in america i mean never yeah. one there'd be lawsuits i mean <laughs> i don't know how many times there were cars that literally grazed the back of my arm because that's how close they were to me <laughs> But that's just part of it. That's awesome. Yeah, you're just you just got used to it, I guess. So again, so then we had uh, another adventure day, and we there was a beach that we we took a, a little water taxi to. It was probably just a couple miles away. But then we we got on kayaks. Angie and I kayaked for half a day along the coast and went and saw oh, some nice. some neat stuff on on that, and got out on the water and saw some grottos and some caves along the along the shore, and then. So, so that was fun. So after, you know, our legs were completely dead from walking, literally my calves were so sore, <laughs> I could hardly walk the next day. And then after our 
kayaked and my shoulders and, and arms were so tired I could hardly lift anything. So, but we had, we had fun. Um, what I was thinking is fascinating is cause I'm, I'm looking at a map right here as you, as you've been talking and going through the different areas here, just on Google maps and uh-huh. it's always blown me away how I always feel like it's both like the world is so big and yet so small, but yet it's so big. So you th- I'm looking at this area, but it's basically the Gulf of Naples and it's a relatively small area, but it's like you have Naples, which everybody's heard of, Mount Vesuvius, Pompeii. Yep. This whole coast is on the south side of that that you're talking about with the Path of the Gods and all these port, ancient port towns and stuff. And just you could spend months just in this one little area that when you zoom out to like a map of all of Italy, it's like, oh, right. that little notch in there that you hardly would even notice. Like, I always think that's right. just kind of fascinating that it's, again, it's big, yet small, and yeah. Yeah, it is. So, and then our last day on the coast there, we took an excursion. We got on the ferry, and we went, you can look on that map. So, there's the island of Capri. I was just going to ask, is that where Capri shorts come from? Yeah, that's where Capri shorts come from. <laughs> that's where, or Capri, Capri pants. Yeah, that's, where, so you, that's, that's where they invented And there's a reason, because it's, it's very hot. And <laughs> yeah, that's what I figured. <laughs> people... People would roll their pants up, huh. but no. So, so Capri, you know, it's it's a lot of the same, but it's you know, it's its own island. And then Anna Capri, which is basically up. Imagine that there's a second town, but it's up on the up. Oh, in I the see mountain, it. Yeah. Okay. Up, yeah. 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 Up, up on the top. So that's like literally Beverly Hills. I mean, huh. high high end retail and a bunch of nice restaurants. And from up there, you know, you kind of overlook the whole Mediterranean. You can see forever. And, you know, there's a lot of tourists there. But again, it's just it's one of the prettiest places you've ever seen. Huh. And the famous Blue Grotto, if you, you Google search the Blue Grotto, it's off of Capri. And, you know, that's Grata where... Grotta Azura, I see it. Yep. And so that's where a lot of the people will stop. And, you know, it's a famous place to take your picture and stuff. And so, but yeah, no, so we, we spent a day excursion over to Capri and then back to Homalfi and then... And then that was it for the the coast. And like I said, I think we were there all together six, seven days. Okay. And then we 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 just reversed our trip. We had a driver take us back over to to Naples, and we rode the train back into Rome. And then we spent our last few days in Rome before we before we came home. But yeah, so. and that's probably doing a lot of stuff you had done before, but then she hadn't done. It was, but you know, a lot of it had changed. Oh, I'm, oh, I'm not saying. I, mean, I would go. I would go every year. I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I had seen, and so you know, we spent a day. We saw the the Vatican museums, and obviously mm-hmm. the Sistine Chapel and St. Peter's Basilica, and you know, everybody should, whether you're Catholic or not. Oh yeah, you, absolutely. You, yeah, you yeah. need to see that. It's just it's unbelievable. And then and then we saw a lot of the the major landmarks. The, the Trevi Fountain and the yeah. Pantheon and all, yeah. all of those things. But then the last day before we, we went home, we had a private tour of the the underground of the Coliseum, the catacombs of the okay. Coliseum. And it's interesting, since I was there last, you know, they've done a lot of uh, rehabilitation to the Coliseum. And so like the under where they would have housed the slaves and the gladiators and all the yeah, animals. Yeah, yeah, under, under the floor, basically, right? Yeah. Yeah, under yeah. the floor. They've recreated, basically, this, the elevators that would have brought the animals up. Oh, huh. And so they, we got to see them demonstrate, you know, how that would have... And I mean, literally was, you know, Archimedes' screw, two uh. dudes running around in a circle <laughs> pushing this animal up through the... Oh, that's crazy. The, yeah. And, and so they literally would have had hundreds of these, though. Right. And, and to, just to imagine... You know, the spectacle, I mean, what our guide told us is what you saw in the movie Gladiator was pretty accurate. You know, they they literally could do all of those things. And so, but yeah, it was, it was pretty fascinating. And then, you know, obviously the, the forum and Palantino Hill and, and and all of that, it's just amazing. And then, you know, in Rome, we walked a lot too. Um, We stayed right down in what I would call the, you know, the historic center area there by the Tiber River and okay yeah yeah we, we were we were with walking within walking distance of both the Colosseum and and then the Vatican in the opposite direction but so we got around public transportation or just walking I say Rome's fairly walkable because everything you kind of want to all the historical stuff is I mean right it's, it's, it's close a, yeah yeah even the Vatican to the Roman Forum it's far but it's walkable or right you, yeah you can yeah. walk it and yeah I think like just for time because we started ours we, we actually took an uber 
to get there, but then we walked it all the way back because okay, we yeah, pressed, yeah. pressed for any time. We walked right. all the way back to our hotel each night. So. And you want to be able to see yeah, all the little roads and everything there too. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Yeah. And that's what I would tell people. It's like usually those hotels cost a little bit more to be right in the, the heart of it, but you save you may save hundreds if you don't have to get a taxi or somebody to transport you around. And, you know, it's it's totally worth it to just stay close. And so but yeah, I you know, probably the worst part is, you know, that flight over and the flight back. Those oh, are, right. Those are doozies. I mean, yeah. it's 11 hours, 11 hours coming home. But otherwise, yeah. it was it was a trip for a lifetime. I mean, we we're already saying, OK, what's the next thing? we? I was going to say, so what is the, what, what would the next plan be? You want like maybe another big overseas trip for your 30th or do you have any I, plans or what are you thinking? I think so. I think we said we want to try to go every five years somewhere okay. big like that. OK, it may not be overseas, but yeah, no, right. Wanna... You just make it make it point or this New York City together because I know you guys kind of both have kind of been places, but I don't know how often you've yes. gone together and without yeah. the kids and yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we, we definitely want to take our kids as many places as we can, but we said, you know, those five-year anniversary marks we ought to try to pick a major destination like that and whether it's you know somewhere in south america or you know another part of europe that we want to go back to but yeah i think that's our goal (laughs) and i think both of us were like god i'm glad we we checked this one off now because if we'd have waited till we were seven i don't know know if we could have actually even physically done it right right it's it was so taxing yeah, and that's that's that's. I do think I, I don't know. There's there's a big thing where people are like, oh, you gotta. I don't know. They prioritize money so that when I'm old, I can prioritize travel. It's like, wait, is, well, why not? No. Why? I don't. I don't get that. I don't, and, yeah. and the whole idea of retiring too. It's like just keep. Well, that's the Mediterranean thing. People in the Mediterranean, they don't really retire and they live longer. Like I just feel like this whole idea, yeah. the way we do things in the United States, is may not super well thought out sometimes. Oh yeah, no, and you know. Having three kids, it obviously makes anything like that that hard. Well, no, I get it. Yeah, no, I get it. It's complicated, but it's before it you can but, make it but, work if you make it a priority. No, yeah, absolutely. You, and and people should, and that's the thing. I mean, he, her, and I both said, "What did we wait twenty years? You know, right. to do this? You're almost you know? like, we why? We, right? We should. We could have gone here five years ago. And yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So, so yeah, we. I think that's our goal, and and I think if people try to. You can try to see too much and then end up not really seeing anything. I tend to do that a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, well, but I, I think our, you know, what I would rather do is is spend more quality time in a place and really feel like you, you know, under can yes. you know, hang yeah. with the locals. Like, where do the locals go instead of just seeing right. the, only the touristy places? Right. I felt like we, we saw that. Some of the places we went were not, I mean, they were off the beaten path. I mean, some of these mountain towns, and I mean, there weren't any tourists there. <laughs> there was no gift shop. You know, <laughs> right. Where, I get nervous, though, when I don't speak the language, though. I, I'm just like, I don't yeah. want to be, I don't want to be, a, not that I'm like scared, but I, I don't want to be a burden on other people or feel like they got to like help the foreigner get back where he's going or I don't know. Yeah. A stupid American. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Let's uh go ahead and shift gears here real quick. So the second phase of this podcast is often track and field or exercise, but now we actually did high school track together back in the day, right. and right. and you had uh, something I never had, which was a state record in the 4x4 that was just broke this spring. That's right. I know you kind of yep. watched and would follow each year to see if they would get it or not, so uh, I don't know. I feel like this year, though, they had a, you could, <laughs> to give you a little more props, because two teams, after, what, 23 years, two teams broke your record the same year. Same year, yeah. But I also feel like they had an advantage of being fresh on Sunday morning doing it with all the rain delays. Right. And they didn't have to do a prelim. So you guys had to do the prelim right. on Friday and then the final on Saturday evening. Th- this group, and again, they were great. The Scott City group especially probably would have got it anyway. I don't know if the second right. team would have, but... Yes. Well, I'll start. I'll start that conversation. Records are always made to be. Broken. No, right, right. But yeah, to your point, I mean, when you have somebody who's who's running fast enough to run a state record split on a relay, more than likely they're they're running another event at state. I mean, they're they're typically that good of an athlete. Right. I mean, I I can't think of anybody else. So yes, you're right. They didn't have. They had an overnight's rest. I mean, most of them, I'm I'm sure that are on that team ran half miles or quarter miles or whatever right. the day before and they got the chance to be fresh and run that but yeah regardless honestly i was shocked that it ever lasted that long 
And yeah, that's that's probably fair that we knew it was special at the time, but we didn't necessarily yeah. think it was like, oh, that's going to be the record for 23 years. No, in fact, we, <laughs> we I mean, you know, because you were there, our, our goal was that record. I mean, right. we got up every day and when we did our track workout, it was that record. I mean, we wanted well, first it was school record. And then when we knew we could run that fast, then it was right. state record. I mean, that's really all we wanted. I'd have to pull. I'd have to pull my list of records here because so like the school record would have already been established. So obviously Tallman was on was the anchor leg four years in a row on a state championship one, and and I know that the four years with Drew were the four fastest four by fours in school history. So the his freshman year we would have broke the four by four record, but then right. two years later his junior year our senior year obviously you were going for it again. Yeah, my junior year it's. At state, I think that was the prior school record, and they ran a three twenty five okay. something. Okay, that's probably right. I think even the league record is well. I'm not even sure. It it might be been. I can't remember if it was us that had the league record. Or it might have been the year before, because we really peaked at regional. It was by far the fastest we had run that year. And we'd had some injuries from some of the where Tillman's didn't run. Right, we, right. So we had had different guys in and out. True. I want to say the the ones that ran it at state or the the ones that ended up breaking the record. We only ran together maybe half of the the actual okay. meets that we had. Yeah, that year. I, I think I've talked to Lucas and he's a little like I should have been on that. <laughs> <laughs> I think he wants. Yeah, he's like I should have an asterisk by my name. He yeah, he was a big part of the reason. Right. I mean, we did we did that well, but yeah, it was. I laugh and I tell people I was like, you know, when you got Tallman and Hammond and those guys, I mean. I, sometimes I just pinch myself that I was even on it. I, it was just dumb luck. And I, I will never forget when we had literally the runoff in practice and Kevin Giefer and I literally killed ourselves to be the, the last guy, to be yeah. the fourth person, the last guy on. And I fell across the line to beat him. Huh. And I don't, I don't know what our splits were, Richie, but both of us literally were, I mean, we were dead. I mean, but, and yeah, I, it just kind of speaks to the attitude of every, who wanted to be involved. It's like, I got to, you know, it's like I got to coerce kids or, you know, trick kids into doing the four by four now versus in back yeah. then you guys are like racing in practice for the right to be on a four by four. And that's just just that mindset. It was the greatest right. I mean, my four years in high school, that four by four never lost a race. And I right. tell people that and they're like, are you serious? I said four years. Right. Not, like. I'm talking regular season, regionals, and state. They never lost a race. Right. When would we have lost? They didn't. The only chance we'd have now is they do the elite section at the WSU meet. So if we were, if that squad was in high school now, or vice versa, the WSU meet format was what it is now back then. Right. We would have been running against five and six eight schools and would have been at risk of losing. But we would have given them a run <laughs> for sure. Right. Well, I'm pretty sure our senior year, so I mean, here we were, you know, 3A school, and I think we had the fastest time all classes. Okay. So we would have we would have won state that year uh, yeah, at 6 and 5. Oh, that'd be pretty the, sure that, at 6 I'll, and 5. I'll, I'll have to look that up and get back to you, because you're right, it would have been, with, with the 323, it, it would have been close, for sure. I'm, I'm pretty sure it was. Okay. I, I, I seem to remember that. That's we, pretty cool, We actually, literally man. had the fastest time all classes, but yeah, you know, it's... Uh, it's fun, and I still I still love going to the track meets and watching and watching our own athletes compete like that. And just I just tell them, hey, especially it's not everybody's ever gonna you know there some will go on to run in college, but I'm like, hey, just <laughs> if I could just tell you one thing, just do a little bit more, you know, yeah. whatever whatever Coach Simmons is telling you to do, <laughs> do do a little bit more because you'll wish you had. <laughs> and I you know Ferguson. I wasn't a great athlete. I mean, I wasn't the fastest guy by any means, but I just, I worked hard. I mean, I would run in the morning, I'd run the sprinters workout, and then I'd go run with Richie. <laughs> and, you know, I don't know if, if that's the reason why, but I like to think that it probably was. If, and, and I think that's a lot of what your own success in high school could be attributed to. You just worked harder. I mean, you put in so much time. Definitely a factor. And so what I was going to follow up with, with, this is something, I don't know if I've asked you this before or not, is if I were your high school coach, and like, mm-hmm. you know, whether then or you're running now, then you went on to Friends. Did When did Friends restart their track team? Did they have a track team when you year were there? Year after I graduated, yeah. Year after you graduated high school or Friends? Friends, yeah. They oh, started in 2000, okay. 2001. Yeah, they didn't have a track program. Okay. 
or I, w- I would have, I would I was going to sure say, cause ran. yeah, you, yeah. you absolutely could have ran there. You were running, you know, splits in the low fifties. Yeah. So like you, you absolutely could, could have ran there and man, I would have, I, I always kind of push that with, with anybody who's, it's not even about the, the best kids on the team need to run in college. It's more like anybody who can run in college at some level. I really try to encourage right. it just because it's an experience. You're only going to get that one shot to do and yeah so okay I, so i was kind of regretting on your behalf yes. but they didn't have the team yet. yeah okay. okay no they didn't and i would have loved to have, looking back now i wish i had a because i think all kids are are different i mean rich i didn't mature i mean i weighed a buck 45 I right mean, I was skinny, oh yeah. I was yeah skinny as a rail now you know these these athletes they go to college and they've got strength and conditioning and they've got a nutrition program and they you know they're they're living and breathing it whereas in high school, I mean, you're doing some of those things, but it's not the same level. You so don't it's have like, the time, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you don't have the time, or, you know, you're just still a kid. You're, right, the you're 16, maturity. 17 yeah. years old. Your maturity's not there, but to think, I, I always wonder... Man, if I could, if I would have pushed myself. Oh right, because I, I think you're a sub, you're a sub two eight hundred guy and a sub fifty four hundred guy. If you had been twenty two and training the whole time, exactly, yeah, and, and that's and it's almost like it's like that's a fun thought, but at the same time, it's <laughs> kind of frustrating that you didn't get a chance to accomplish those yeah. things. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's my own fault. I could have, I could have went and run JUCO or somewhere like that if I really wanted. And to, that's but... yeah, that's uh, JUCOs are tough because it is just a two year thing, and, and it's a little yeah. bit more of a meat market. I mean, again, there's definitely kids I have go there, but yeah, it's yeah yeah anyway or with friends who just started their darn program four years earlier <laughs> i know it yeah should have run kcac you know yeah because they got a great program now i back, yeah, in, our, back in our day it was southwestern dominating that conference in the last oh i don't know five or so years it's been friends dominating that conference yeah yeah they've done really well so let's go to so movies and TV. I don't know if that's something that we've actually talked much about ever. So let's just kind of start with some of your your favorites. Like, so what are some of your favorite movies or stuff you and Angie have watched recently, or just kind of wherever you want to go with stuff you feel is worth mentioning? Okay, so I, you know, honestly, I don't watch a ton of TV, and okay. and that's not because I don't want to. <laughs> if I watch TV, it's it's typically uh, sports. You know, I got to watch my K State and my Kansas City Royals when I can catch them. But my kids, I, I've got three kids that are so active, and they're, you oh, know, they're true, playing sports true. year-round. So I mean, I'm typically either at a practice or a game <laughs> every night of the week, it seems like. And if I'm not, then I've got something for work. But You're like, what's TV? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But no, we, we like movies. I'm trying to think of the last movie I even saw that was like, me and the kids, we we love our Star Wars. And so okay. we're, really, yeah, yeah. we're l- really looking forward to the, the last segment of star wars that'll come out rise of skywalker yeah yeah i'm uh no I'm, I'm i'm a star wars guy yeah yeah i know you are uh and but i'm trying to think last like i did because all of the people at work so this literally i didn't start watching it until it was over so i i literally watched it this summer i watched finally watched the game of thrones okay and so i, I literally watched that all by myself because angie had absolutely no <laughs> that. and of course it was not appropriate for no me, right anybody else right. in my family so i watched that all by myself and then i could talk about it after the fact at work and nobody really cared to talk about it then anymore so I, <laughs> <laughs> so that's probably the most recent series i watched all of but there's several others that i want to watch you know that are on netflix or, or amazon uh, no i'm, I'm uh, yeah i'm a i am a big game of thrones fan as well although again i i kind of i hate buying into whatever just like the whole buzz is that everyone else has but at the same time it's like right. yeah i was kind of disappointed with the end too and it's kind of hard not to be when i had all these ideas on what i thought should happen and it's like nope right. they just forgot all that stuff and anyway we don't have to yeah. go into detail on all the game of thrones spoilers there but uh, and probably my my favorite series of all time, and actually I I rewatched a lot of those this summer because they made a they remade the movie like the end of the year or end of the season a series called Deadwood that was on HBO. I don't know if you ever watched I've it I've heard of it and I just haven't oh gotten around God. to it yet. It definitely looks like something I'd like. You have got to watch it. I mean it's it's vulgar, right? But yeah, yeah. probably some of the best characters. Okay that you have ever i mean and a lot of them historical figures right well see so it's or they work their way in and around it's historical fiction but they have like calamity jane and stuff yeah calamity jane and wild bill hickok are in it okay the rest of the people i think are fabricated okay okay so but yeah but i mean deadwood was a a real mining town that wasn't incorporated it wasn't even part of the u.s territory at the time okay but al swearingen and 
some of these characters, uh, it's if you haven't watched it, and it, you it's on my to do list, and I just haven't got around to it. I need to. I need to move it up. If you okay. have an HBO subscription, don't waste it. You've got to go watch. You have to watch that. Yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs> okay. Well, I had my I had my sister in laws, and she uh, she uh, apparently stopped paying it. So. I gotta ask her to <laughs> restart that. No, I, after <laughs> yeah, I'll let you use mine, Rich. Oh, D, D, DM me after this. So, you can jump on, so. so uh, let, let, let's go ahead and jump to the last question here that I sent you ahead of time. So, okay, with all this travel and stuff, uh, if you oh, could gosh. go anytime, any place in world history, and again, don't fuck like it has to be one and only one spot, but just like what comes to mind, where would you like to visit, both yeah. kind of historically or geographically. You know, the, you sent me that, and I, I've just been trying. To, I'm like, oh my god, that's it's a so tough hard. question. I think the more I ask it, the more I realize it's kind of a tough question. Yeah, it's a really tough question because there's so many. I think so. If you if you just talk about U.S. history, I'm a huge Revolutionary War and World War II guy. Okay, I've read a lot. I've read a lot on the Revolutionary War. I, I love you know Band of Brothers is probably my favorite all time series. Okay. I, yeah, good series. I literally, I literally try to watch that once a year. Oh wow. Just because I, I, I love it. So I you know, I think on George Washington and the revolution itself, I mean how many just minor things like, you know, the fog of the night when they crossed the Delaware River. Oh wow. If, if the fog hadn't set in, they you know, they would have I mean, there's so many like for instances huh. that that could have turned the entire story another direction and i mean it was just like literally by the skin of our teeth that everything fell and so it was almost i don't know foretelling that this country would come out of this this Hmm. i I think if somebody had to like write the odds like if there were vegas odds on whether the you know the, the colonies would actually succeed in defeating the british army it's it would be staggering to know what those odds were. Well, and, we can go the Star Wars route and make it C-3PO giving us the odds of like navigating an asteroid it, field. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's that. And I mean, that's what literally these historians say, that it's it's uncanny how... I hadn't thought about that, yeah. Several of these events and things just happened. And if they had changed just one little bit and we hadn't you know, won that battle or... that, it, It's just, it's fascinating to me. So I'd say in U.S. history, it would be the night that... Washington crossed the Delaware River. I mean, that to oh, me, that was the turning point. Great answer. Great answer. And I think it's probably one of the most, you know, if you had to point to one. I, I love, you know, the Founding Fathers. I've read a lot on them and Hamilton and Jefferson. Did you watch the John Adams series on HBO? John Adams series on HBO. Okay. Yes. Yeah, I did. I did see that one. Yeah. All of that. That time period is probably my favorite. But after just coming back from Italy, you know, also just the whole renaissance and just being in you know say florence italy during the time when leonardo da vinci was alive i mean right it would have been fascinating and i mean even pompeii if you go back to you know roman times you saw this city and you just see these glimpses of wow the human ingenuity that they had thousand years ago two thousand excuse two thousand years yeah ago. you also got me thinking now though what about today's world Will people a hundred years or a thousand years from now be like, oh my gosh, I would go back to the early 21st century and see X and say something we take for granted or Miami because it'll be gone. (laughs) Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Or they want to go back to, you know, Steve Jobs' garage with him and Wozniak. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. yeah, Honestly. Yeah. Something like that. To to hear, to overhear the conversation, you know, what they were Hmm. saying. And then you ask, who would I want to go travel with? Yeah, who would you take with you? Yeah. So probably my my favorite historical figure. And again, if I'm taking him with me, he needs to be able to speak English. So I thought about that too. Good call. You know, yeah. Caesar, Caesar, I couldn't communicate right. with. But um, Theodore Roosevelt is probably my favorite okay. U.S. president. And I've read a little bit about, I, I mean, I've read several biographies on him. And I just think in this short amount of time that he was president, and even just if you read about his life, he was just such an interesting individual. He was so much oh, yeah. larger than life. But his forward-thinking vision with things like you know the national parks, and we have so much to thank him You're for. You're right. You're right. And his strong personality, yeah. His yeah. strong personality, you know, he was this, he just overcame so much. And he, he would be probably my historical person, historical figure. I would love, we share the same birth date, by the way. Oh, no kidding. Really, we do. <laughs> He's he was born same day as me. That's awesome. Um, and then 
you know, my favorite celebrity right now, if you know me well, you know I'm a rock and roll guy. I yes. would love to go I would love to go hang out with Oh, Dave Grohl? Dave Grohl. <laughs> yes, he's Absolutely. rock and roll Jesus, man. <laughs> I would love to take Dave Grohl back to Pompeii. And he would go in a heartbeat. <laughs> he would. Dude, we'd be drinking medieval beer and all kinds of fun stuff together. So I'm not a big music person for whatever reason, but I love Dave <laughs> Grohl as a person. Like, oh my god, he is so he awesome. is the real deal. If everything I've ever seen or heard from him, he is the real deal. He is such the real deal, and he is so talented. Like the guy can pick up any instrument and just play it. And it's like I have so much respect for that that guy he is just an incredible human yeah so yeah he so that would be my celebrity crush that i would i would love to hang out with with dave girl great so. answer oh my gosh i have just oh, I, I i here's the i'm setting the scene here for you so we got you, you you are you are in the fog on the kind of shore of the delaware watching washington cross with teddy roosevelt on one arm and dave girl on the other Oh, that's yeah. the, that's the life right yeah. there. <laughs> exactly, and Dave Grohl, Dave Grohl's throwing out f bombs. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. So that that's my answer. All right, we can. Uh, that's probably a good one to end on. So yeah, thank you, thank you for your time, and this this was awesome. So thanks everybody for listening. Thanks, Rich. Appreciate it, buddy.